0: You're listening to the Aquatic Wetline, a tropical fish-keeping podcast hosted by 23-year-old fish keeper, Aqua Alex Cardinal. For three years, we provided you with quality tropical fish information, and we'll continue providing some information on freshwater and saltwater tropical fish. Let's dive down deep into the aquarium and chat fish. Live from his fish room is Aqua Alex. Aquatic Wetline is now live.
1: This is the Aquatic Wetline Tropical Fish Keeping Podcast right here on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn Radio. We are the first most successful fish podcast on Blog Talk Radio. If you do a Google search with our name, you will get over four pages worth of stuff. Aquatic Wetline was founded in 2013 to provide tropical fish with freshwater and saltwater aquarium informal and interesting shows. Over the past four years, Aquatic Wetline has delivered some good shows that are well-received worldwide. Aquatic Wetline is hosted by a 23-year-old fish keeper named Aqua Alex Cardinelli, who has a passion and love for freshwater and saltwater fish ever since he was born. Let off while I can talk to you about fish and tank art. Howdy, tropical fish keepers! Welcome to Aquatic Wetline, the Tropical Fish Keepers podcast, hosted by a fish keeper for the fish keepers. I'm your host, Aqua Alex, broadcasting live from my fish room right here in Springfield, Massachusetts. I have to say, there is no place else I would rather be than right here in my fish room with all of you, my fish keeping listeners. I am living heaven on earth right now, looking at some gorgeous fish. Just seeing my niger trigger, my gold-striped maroon clownfish pair, and all my other saltwater fish swim by me as I talk is something that is just fascinating. Something that I love as a fish keeper. On the other side of where I am sitting, I see a gorgeous creamsicle red devil cichlid, a pike cichlid, silver dollars, and a big stenodontus up-to-risk catfish looking to be fed. That's the beauty of the aquarium hobby, folks. We love seeing the fish swim in our aquariums, and we literally have a piece of living art in our homes. I hope that all of my fish-keeping listeners out there that are listening to the show right now are looking at their favorite fish and are amazed at the piece of art you have created for yourselves. Having a show-quality aquarium with nice, Reef fish, or saltwater fish, or even freshwater fish, is an awesome accomplishment and a tank you should be proud of. In order to keep your tank looking pristine and your fish happy and healthy, water changes need to be done. Water changes provide the fish cleaner water and get rid of any unwanted waste that otherwise will cause high ammonia levels. Find out the benefits and when to do water changes tonight. Speaking of water changes, I need to do two big water changes on my freshwater and saltwater tank right after this show. Let me remind you that sometime this week, it should be a water change week for your aquarium. So listeners, make sure at some point in the week, This week, you do a water change on your aquarium. Anyway, that is the topic for tonight's episode of Aquatic Wetline, Water Changes. Here is what's on the agenda for tonight's show. I'm going to have a discussion on why water changes are important. You're going to find out the benefits of doing a water change and why it is important. You're going to learn how to do a water change and how much to take out. You're also going to learn how to fill up the tank with fresh water and how to do it safely. You're also going to learn the benefits of having a bare bottom aquarium versus a substrate in your aquarium. And you're also going to learn how to safely upgrade an aquarium and a couple more wonderful topics on today's show. So, let's go ahead and get started. Let's get right down to it. Why are water changes important? Routine water changes are the most basic, most necessary, and most overlooked acts of tank maintenance. Most aquarists know they should do water changes, but not everyone does or even knows how to do it the right way. How much and how often are highly debated topics among aquarists, no matter what kind of tanks they keep? Removing water from the aquarium and replacing it with new, clean water removes waste and organics that are dissolved in the water. It also helps to remove any chemical treatments or medications when the treatment is complete. Dissolved organics contribute to nitrate and phosphate buildup that aquarists try so hard to control. These compounds can affect the health of your livestock directly and can promote allergy and cyanobacteria growth, making your tank unsightly. Changing the water also helps to replenish minerals and other trace elements. This can be especially important in tanks with corals and crustaceans, crabs and shrimp both fresh water and salt water, that use these minerals to form their skeleton or exoskeleton. Corals and other saltwater inverts can use up minerals very quickly in a closed environment, and replacing old, depleted water with fresh salt water adds these minerals back into the aquarium. So, what exactly is a water change? Adding water to an aquarium to replace water lost due to evaporation is not a water change. This is simply topping off the aquarium. When water evaporates, all the waste, nutrients, chemicals, and other materials are left behind. This pollution must still be removed, which is where the water change comes in. Chemical filter media like carbon will remove some of these things, but not like a water change. I bet the fish keepers are wondering, wondering to themselves, when should you do a water change, and how much water should you take out? It may be some time before you have to perform a water change on a newly set up aquarium. Once you add the first live or organic thing into the fish tank, be it fish, or a live rock, or a bacterial additive, the nitrogen cycle will begin. It can take an aquarium anywhere from three weeks to three months or more to become established. During this time, you may see some algae growth and water chemistry changes. This is normal. Hold off on your water changes until after this cycle is finished. Now, when it comes to established tanks, This is one of those internal questions that may never have a definitive answer. And almost every fish keeper will have a different opinion. So, for my opinion, um, I believe that you should do water changes at least once a week. Um, I think the more water changes you do, the better for your fish. Now, for me personally, I do Two water changes a week on my freshwater tank, and I also do one water change a week on my saltwater tank. Now you could take out as much water as you want uh, for freshwater. I mean, if you have a heavily stocked freshwater aquarium, you'll probably want to do anywhere from 50 to 70 percent water change um even for a freshwater aquarium that is fully cycled it is perfectly fine to do 80 to 90 percent water changes i've seen some posts on some of the facebook fish keeping groups where people were were getting bashed for doing 80 to 90 percent water changes because they had monster fish in their tank but from what i've seen and from what i have done in the past 80 to 90 percent water changes are totally acceptable. Because clean water equals happy fish. The cleaner the water, the faster the fish is going to grow. It's really simple, folks. If you provide a good quality diet with good quality food, and you do lots and lots of water changes and provide clear water, your fish is going to thrive. So don't ever be afraid to do a big amount of water changes in a freshwater tank however if you're going to do it regularly every week you could possibly do 30 to 50 percent on a heavily stocked aquarium and a normal to low stocked aquarium you could do 15 to 30 percent a week now I know some people like to do water changes once a month I'm not really a big fan of that because I worry about my water levels going bad. So that's why I do weekly. Um, if you were going to do once a month water changes, I would really recommend that you up your filter gain. I really recommend that you triple or even uh, use four times the filter for gallons if you're going to wait a whole month before you do a water change. Now for salt water... You're definitely not going to want to do 80 to 90% water changes because it's going to cost you a lot of money um, to do a large water change on a saltwater aquarium. Small water changes are your friend in saltwater aquariums. So I generally do about 15 to 30% water changes a week on my saltwater aquarium. So for those of you who have saltwater aquariums, I would probably say 15 to Water change once a week is good enough for the saltwater aquariums. So, remember, the more water changes, the better. The cleaner the water, the better and healthier the fish. That is my motto when it comes to fish keeping. And I'll say it again because it's very important. The more water changes, the better. The cleaner the water, the better, and healthier the fish. Remember, fish pee and crap in their aquarium. So, they need it cleaned. Imagine you being locked in a uh, rectangular environment with nowhere to escape, and you pee in crap, and then you're going to swim in that. You basically have to live in that. And that's how fish are, so make sure you clean up after them. So, in a tank with larger fish, or fish that produce a lot of waste, like like goldfish and Oscars, water changes will probably need to be p- performed more often, with more of the water removed and replaced. Sensitive fish like discus or reef tanks that need very low nitrate levels may also need frequent water changes, but with only a small percentage of the water changed every time. Tanks with ample filtration may be able to go longer between water changes than tanks that have minimal filtration for their size and bioload. So I'm actually reading to you from a article about filtration and water changes. So that statement I just made backs up the statement I made about uh, doing large water changes for a heavily stocked tank or fish that have a lot of waste. Other issues such as excess allergy high nitrate or phosphate levels, recent die-offs or illness in the tank overfeeding, and similar problems can affect your regular water change schedule. Performing a water change. Before you start taking water out of your aquarium, prepare the water you'll be putting back in it. You want the new water to be as close as possible to the old water in regards to temperature, salinity, and pH. I keep a 20-gallon bucket and a 50-gallon brew container, reserved specifically for water changes. If you are using tap water, you can add dechlorinator to remove the chlorine and chloramines. If you're using tap water on a saltwater tank, you're definitely going to need a uh, dechlorinator. And I personally recommend the Aquion tap water conditioner and the instant ocean tap water conditioner. Those two seem to be the best that work for me. Test the temperature and use a spare heater to raise the temperature of the replacement water if necessary. If you need to use any pH regulators or buffers in your aquarium, now is the time, but be sure to test the water before adding it to the tank. If you have a saltwater aquarium, mix the water ahead of time. A small spare pump can help get help you get the salt dissolved with little effort. Now, in my personal preference, saltwater folks like to use RODI water, which is reverse osmosis water. It has nothing in it but pure water. Um, if you live in an area that has very poor city water or town water, I absolutely recommend using RODI water. Because if you have poor water from your city or from your pipes, then that water is going to be laced with chemicals and it's going to cause diatoms in your saltwater tank. Now, diatoms are basically um, silicates, they eat silicates. And silicates can be found in a lot of tap water. So it's very bad for saltwater aquariums, and you don't want that. So if you have bad water, make sure you use RODI water for water changes in a saltwater aquarium. I tend to be lucky because uh, my tap water right here in Springfield, Massachusetts, um, is pretty okay. It's pretty decent. Sometimes there's a few chemicals in them, uh, but nothing too bad. I use tap water conditioner, and it helps control the water. I get a little bit of diatoms every now and then, but I wash them off. If you do get diatoms, have no fear or worries. Uh, It's not the biggest deal. It's just unsightly, so you're going to have to remove it, but if you have a really bad tap water, you're going to get it all over your aquarium glass. All over the tank um, but if you if you have a really good tap water you might get it a little bit on your sand um, and maybe a little bit on the uh, the silicone but that's about it that's all I get but like I said if you live in an area with bad uh, tap water you want to use RODI water and I get it sometimes RODI water can be very expensive but it's worth it in the long run anyway now we're going to take a look at our equipment during a water change. Do you need to turn your filter, pumps, protein skimmer, or heater off to prevent any damage if they run dry? Yes. When you're doing a water change, make sure that you turn off all of your equipment. Are all now this is important, folks? You want to make sure that all electric outlets and lights are safe from getting wet. From drips or splashes. Now you can use a cup or other container to scoop water out of the aquarium but you can maintain the aquarium more efficiently if you use a gravel siphon. This is a rigid tube that connects to a length of flexible tubing that allows you to vacuum the substrate bed while removing water from the aquarium. Fish, feces, and leftover food in the substrate can cause infestations of organisms like snails, bristle worms, acacia, anemones, and other creepy crawlies. Siphoning helps you clean the substrate and remove any leftover food or other Debris that may be decomposing and adding to the organics already dissolved in the water. The siphon allows heavier pieces like gravel to fall back down to the bottom, while lighter debris, waste, is sucked out and into your bucket to be discarded. Just keep an eye on your fish, plants, and other livestock to make sure nothing is getting sucked, sucked up by accident. If your substrate is especially fine, like sand or coarse, you may need to experience with siphon tube diameters to see which is right for you, without being too weak or too strong. Once you've taken out all the water you need to, the water can be disposed of down the drain, or if you're lucky like me and you have a window in your fish room, you can pour it out the window, and hey, you can do some aqua Uh, and grow some plants that way as well. Now, the new water you've already prepared can be added to replenish the water level. Substrate, decorations, or plants that might be pushed around when the water is poured in, try placing a small saucer, bowl, or other container directly under where you are dumping the water to minimize the disturbance of the rocks and the plants and the décor. Once the tank is refilled, any equipment that was turned off can be powered up again. For fish tanks with sensitive fish or livestock, you may wish to leave the lights off for an hour or so to let them relax after the activity of the water change. If your water change was part of a medication treatment regimen, follow up with the instructions on the medications. If you are finished medicating, you can replace any chemical media like carbon now. Double check your water chemistry in a few hours once the tank has been circulated through a couple of times and you are finished. At least until next month or next week. Alright, so water changes are... Definitely important, and now we learned why water changes are important. But to go along with maintenance on your aquarium, another key important part of maintenance is cleaning your filter. So we're going to talk about when and how to change your filter media and how to clean it. Filters help clean and purify the water in your fish tank. But unfortunately, the, the filter cannot properly do its job If it's clogged with filth. When and how to clean your filter? When should you clean your aquarium's filter? Well, when it's dirty of course, but you should wait at least a week from the last time you cleaned a fish tank. That way your fish will have had time to adjust to his new environment before another shock to his system happens with the disruption of his water and routine. The second thing to remember about cleaning your aquarium filter is that the cleaning method you should use depends on the type or types of filter that you have. This should be fairly obvious to you just by looking at your filter, but be sure to consult the owner's manual to make sure there are no specific directions on cleaning for your particular model. Then look up your filter type and get started. Cleaning Mechanical Filters. If you have a mechanical filter, you'll most likely have a sponge or a pad that sits inside it. This is the main component of the filter that you will need to clean. Here's how. Siphon or scoop out some water. You will need about two cups of water from the tank to use to clean the filter sponge. For the benefit of your fish, you will want to use existing tank water, not tap water or distilled water. Sure, the filter may not smell as clean and fresh, but your fish will be less sensitive to the change. Use your siphon, plastic cup, etc. to remove as much water as you think you'll need. Drain it into a medium sized bowl, like a small mixing bowl, or drain it in a bucket and transfer it into the bowl. Unplug the filter. This step is pretty self-explanatory. Unplug your mechanical filter to avoid shocking yourself as you clean it. Then, take it off of your tank if you can. This will make your life a lot easier. To save your floor, you will want to have an awaiting bowl, bucket, or sink. Clean the sponge or pad. Since you've already got your bowl of water assembled, this step should be relatively quick and painless which is good, since you don't want your fish to be filtered less for long. Simply wash off all the gunk off the sponge with the water in your hands. Squeezing the sponge to get off the junk will not remove all the beneficial bacteria that is on the sponge, which is what is protecting your fish from ammonia in the water. So feel free to wash the sponge until the water moving through runs clear. If Touching aquarium water is too icky for you. Either wear gloves or recruit a friend to do it for you. If your sponge or pad is horribly dirty, feel, feel, feel free to replace it. But do not do this unless you feel it's absolutely necessary. Scrub the casings and tubes. Use the leftover water in the bowl to clean the other parts of the filter Or grab a little more from the tank if the water in the bowl is too dirty. You you can scrub any hard-to-reach spots by using a filter cleaning brush, which you can find at most pet supply stores. Put the sponge or pad back. That's it. Now return the sponge or pad to the filter and return the filter to your fish tank. Pour any remaining water from your cleaning project inside it. If it isn't crawling with skunk, that is, and turn the filter back on. Alright, so now we're going to talk about cleaning chemical filters. If you have a chemical filter on your tank, the only cleaning it really needs is for you to swap out the carbon on a regular basis. Say, once a week or whenever the water seems cloudy. Whichever comes first. Just follow steps one, two, and four, from which I talked about earlier. Remove the carbon before you start step one, and replace it with the new carbon when you're done, right before reattaching the filter to your aquarium. So, basically, what you're going to do with a chemical filter, which is the hang on the back filters, is you want to take out the filter pads. And put them into uh, some of your tank water and shake them until all the dirt comes off. And usually these pads have carbon. So you want to shake off all that gunk and uh, return it to the filter. Simple as that, folks. Cleaning biological filters. Since you want your biological filter to be filled with lots of delicious and tank-swimming bacteria... You don't want to clean it much. If you do need to clean it, just give it a quick once-over with water from the tank. Then put the filter back on, of course. As a final step, make sure that your filter is functioning properly. If it's not, check for clogs. Still not working? Check the owner's manual or call the manufacturer. Keeping your aquarium filter clean. Aquarium filters don't really stay clean as a rule. Their job is to get the gunk and pollution out of the fish tank. Therefore, they will always require cleaning on a regular basis. The rule of thumb for the specific filter types is as follows. Mechanical filters. These filters need to be cleaned the most often of the three types, at least once every four weeks. You will want to schedule your filter cleaning days so that they are several days removed from your weekly or biweekly regular tank cleanings. Biological filters. Replace the carbon when the aquarium water turns cloudy or at least once every two months. Chemical filters. Give the chemical filter a good cleaning out when it appears to be clogged, malfunctioning, or working very slowly more frequent cleanings may be needed if your fish is sick or showing signs of illness all right it's time for our quick intermission break i'm going to rest my voice for a little while and we're going to enjoy a nice intermission with a couple of songs followed by some information for the Aquatic Wetline. But coming up next, right after the intermission to start the second half of the show, I'm going to have a discussion on bare bottom aquariums versus substrates. I'm going to talk about how to safely upgrade your aquarium, in my opinion, and add fish to the bigger aquarium the same day, and I'm going to talk about things not to do during a water change. That is coming up in the second half of the show, right after the intermission, so Don't go anywhere, folks. But before we go to intermission, I've got a couple of things that I want to promote. First and foremost, live this Sunday, March 26, 2017, at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific, I am proud to welcome the very first inductee into the Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame. Ladies and gentlemen, Corridorus Breeder and Corridorus Lady, Lynn Masney will be the first inductee into the Hall of Fame. She had a love and passion for Corridorus that I've never seen before. She really loved her quarries, and she bred green and gold laser quarries. She loved the aquatic wetland as much as she loved quarries. She was always helping me find guests, and she was always giving me Topics, which I'm very, very appreciative of. So, Lynn was a very good friend of mine, and she was a very, very good fish keeper, and she gave back to the fish keeper community gold and green laser quarries that she bred, along with some of her knowledge of quarries that she talked about in her uh, Aquarium Club meetings. So we're going to debut Aqu- Aquatic Wetline, Fishkeeping Hall of Fame, live this Sunday, March 26th, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on Aquatic Wetline. Lynn Mastny will be inducted by her longtime friend of over 20 years, Rebecca Wissrow. So make sure you tune into that. You're going to find out uh, when Lynn entered into the aquarium hobby, what it is that got her into quarries, And we're going to hear Lynn's speeches on Cory's from previous episodes of Aquatic Wetline. So let's all show some respect to the late, great Corridors breeder, Lynn All Alright, switching gears to another show that's debuting pretty soon. As you guys know, on on, uh, Saturday, April 15th, 2017, I am debuting... The Aquarium Trivia Game, the very first Aquarium Trivia podcast game. Aquatic Wetline Aquarium Trivia Game already has four contestants confirmed. That's right. As of our last show, we now have four contestants. So, there's four more open spots available. Now, if you want to be a contestant, all you've got to do is email Wetline at outlook.com with your name your location your favorite fish and the fish you are currently keeping now once you submit the email i will confirm you and you will be a contestant on the very first episode of aquatic wetland aquarium trivia game the first two winners with the highest score Will win a prize. First place is going to get a prize from our sponsor, YourFishStuff.com, valued at thirty to fifty dollars worth of fish food and other goodies. Second place is going to get a very first created aquatic wetline coffee mug, a PetSmart or Petco gift card, and some Easter goodies. So make sure you enter the contest and become one of the first eight contestants of. Aquatic Rutlines Aquatic Trivia Game live Saturday, April 15th. The deadline for entry is Saturday, April 8th. So get your entry in now so that you can be a part of history. Alright, let's get to our intermission.
2: Say my name, say my name. If no one is around you. Say, baby,
3: I love you. You ain't running game. Say my name, say my name. You acting kind of shady. Ain't calling me baby. Why the sudden change? Say my name, say my name. If no one is around you. Say, baby, I love you. You ain't running game. Say my name, say my name. You acting kind of shady. Ain't calling me baby. Better say my name.
1: aquatic wetline is brought to you by YourFishStuff.com YourFishStuff.com provides hobbyists with quality homemade fish food and aquarium supplies. The Your Fish Stuff difference. Buy direct and save. Buy direct from Your Fish Stuff. No middleman. No food masses produced by large corporations. No food sitting around in warehouses. Just fresh healthy food from your fish stuff to you. Quality ingredients like fish meal, shrimp, squid, kelp, spirulina, and corella allergy. Doesn't cloud water. And all of their fish food is made fresh, crafted in small batches, hobbyists owned and operated. And all of their fish food is made right here in the good old U.S. of A. So check out YourFishStuff.com for quality fish food and aquarium equipment such as nets, filters, medications, and more. That's www.YourFishStuff.com, a proud sponsor of Aquatic Wetline.
0: Are you ready for some history to be created? Aquatic Wetline creates history once again by being the first tropical fish keeping podcast that will pay respect to the fish hobbyists and passionate fish experts and fish breeders who paved the way for fish keepers like you and me who have the chance to keep our awesome tropical fish. Aquatic Wetline is proud to announce that it will be hosting a show called Fish Keeping Hall of Fame where fish keepers, breeders, experts, fish store owners and passionate fish lovers will be honored and inducted to the Aquatic Wetline. It all starts live this coming Sunday, March 26, 2017. On March 26, 2017 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific quarry catfish breeder and lover Lynn Mathney will take her rightful place in the aquatic wetline. Longtime friend of hers Rebecca Withrow of over 20 years will be inducting Lynn into the Awe Hall of Fame. Find out how Lynn got into quarries and much more on this fun show. Tune into the very first Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame live Sunday, March 26, 2017 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific right here on Aquatic Wetline. All can be found at blogtalkradio.com forward slash aquatic wetline.
1: Aquatic Wetline is looking for our first eight contestants for Aquatic Wetline's Aquatic Trivia Fish Game. Do you want to be a part of the first Fishkeeping trivia game? It's simple. The first eight fish keepers to send an email to at outlook.com with the title AW Trivia will be the contestants. In your email, please describe yourself, your fish tanks, and your favorite fish, and the career and location you live. You will have to be available on April 15th from 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. And you will be on the show for an hour to two hours. So, would you like to be on the very first Aquatic Wetland Aquatic Trivia game? where the first prize is sponsored by YourFishStuff.com, and the second prize is sponsored by Aquatic Wetline and Aqua Alex. So, there's a chance you can win a prize. So make sure you email AquaticWetline at and become one of the eight contestants. I invite you to join your fish keeping group called Tropical Fish Keepers of Aquatic Wetline. I invite you to post pictures of your tropical fish, post videos of your tropical fish, post links to your fish keeping YouTube channel, or just chat fish. One of the added benefits of this group. I'm going to do a Facebook live fish video every Sunday, starting the first Sunday of March. So make sure you go and join Tropical Fish Keepers of the aquatic wetline on Facebook. Not only to post pictures of your fish, chapstick, but to see me live on Facebook in the Facebook live video every Sunday. So what are you waiting for? Go join right now. Tropical Fish
3: Keepers on a aquatic wetline on stage. It's the age that runs this place, the crazy, impossible Alex Cardinelli, here to promote my network, A Network. On A Network, I have music shows that are brought to you by of Blossom City Radio and Andrew Neal. I also have WWE wrestling shows with my co-host James Cardinelli. I have cooking shows called Cooking and Baking with the Fat Guy and much more. So make sure you check out Age Network because I have controversial, entertaining and all sorts of shows. Go to blocktalkradio.com forward slash Age Network. With Alex Cardinelli, and you can also find H Network on iTunes, Radio,
1: Bluebirding, and TuneIn. Sign up for Network on Google. Hey, you uh, this is the Aquatic Wetline, a tropical fish keeping show brought to you by Aqua Alex in Springfield, Massachusetts. Let's get back to the tropical fish chat right now. ha ha ha! Okay, so right now I'm going to talk about what not to do during a water change and aquarium maintenance because I think it's going to help some of the beginners that are coming into the aquarium hobby. So here is what not to do during a water change in aquarium maintenance. Never ever remove the fish from the aquarium. Now, I've seen some uh, posts on the Facebook fish groups for beginners where people are posting pictures of them taking the fish out, putting them in a bucket, and then doing a water change. There is absolutely no need for that. You don't have to remove the fish from your aquarium for a water change. That is absolutely causing them undue stress for practically no reason. And the reason you don't want to do that is because they're going to stress your fish, and you're adding them to new water that they weren't in before, and that's probably going to cause your fish to get ick or get very sick. So you don't want to do that. So you want to leave your fish in the aquarium, they'll be fine, don't worry about them stressing out because you're taking out some other water, they'll be fine. They have the decor to hide under and things like that, they'll have places to hide. So have no fear about that, but you must not ever take out your fish during a water change um, I've heard people telling stories at the local fish stores in Peko saying, I'm going to go home and do a water change before I add the new fish. And, uh, I'm going to catch all the fish out and put them in a bucket and do a water change. And then the, uh, store owners would explain to them that they don't need to do that. Um, as hopefully they did not go home and do that. But it's something that happens a lot with beginner hobbyists. So beginner hobbyists, make sure you don't remove the fish during a water change. Think about this, folks. In the wild, uh, fish fishes are replenished by water frequently. So they're used to water changes in the wild because new water comes circling a lot. So they're used to water changes, and they're used to it um, pretty damn well because most of the saltwater fish come from the wild, and some of the freshwater fish do as well. So they can handle... Uh, water changes uh they can handle change in water when they're in old water and they can handle it when it's slowly added like it is in the wild so don't ever remove the fish from your aquarium also this one is a no-brainer but i feel that i should mention it for any newbies out there do not leave the equipment running when the water levels get too low for example don't leave your heater on don't leave your filter on or any other equipment on because a they're going to um, burn out or or worse cause a fire in your aquarium and B uh, it's very deadly to your fish a heater can explode crack uh, breaking glass all over the tank if not if, if it hasn't already broken your aquarium glass the glass in the heater will break and that could most likely cut your fish open So please make sure that you turn off all equipment when you know that you're going to be doing a very large water change. Okay, and last but not least, this is very important for people with salt water uh, and the beginners for salt water. I see this question a lot, Um, believe it or not, in local areas. I see this on Craigslist and other uh, forums that I'm on. Saltwater, and it's the newbies that do it. But there's always the question what kind of salt can I use for a saltwater aquarium? Can I use kosher salt? No, that would never work in a saltwater aquarium. Kosher salt and iodine salt are created for human consumption, therefore uh, cooking. Those kind of salts you could use in a freshwater aquarium if your fish has torn fins or something. Or that was one of the old school methods. But you definitely don't want to use that in a saltwater aquarium because it does not have the necessary trace minerals that a saltwater fish needs. So for saltwater aquariums, never, 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 ever use kosher salt. It is not even close to sea salt. So, for sea salt, you're going to have to use companies like Instant Ocean. They have a pretty darn good uh, aquarium salt mix for salt water. It's actually one of the brands that I highly recommend. Um, if you have a fish-only aquarium with just fish, then you can use the regular uh, sea salt they have. Or if you have a reef tank, you can use their reef crystals. Um I think that's called. It's the best uh, uh, economical uh, sea salt on the market. You save a lot of money, and it's a really, really good deal. So make sure you always use aquarium sea salt for salt water that you can get at your local fish store. And one last thing I will tell you not to do, and this one's also a no-brainer, but who knows, some beginner may do this. You do not want to do a water change, drain water out of your aquarium, and then decide, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to go grab a bite to eat or something and return an hour later. Because A, if you're still pumping water from your siphon into a bucket, you're going to have an overflow, and B... If you've already drained all your water and it comes time to fill in the aquarium and you want to go get a bite to eat, you really don't want to leave your fish in a tank half full of water for a long time because there is no oxygen for them. So when you do a water change, make sure you have the time to uh, commit to a water change. Typically for uh, medium-sized tanks, like 20 gallons to 55 gallons, I'd say that a half hour to 45 minutes would probably be the maximum of time for a water change. 75 to 300 gallons and above may take about an hour or two, depending on how how big of a water change that you are doing. So make sure that you um, put your committed time into doing a water change. Don't half-ass a water change is what I'm trying to say to you guys. All right. Now, one thing that I forgot to mention when I was talking about water changes in the beginning half of the show, there is a product called a Python uh, uh, vacuum cleaner. Now, the Python vacuum cleaner is actually a pretty cool one because it connects to your faucet in your kitchen or the basement or the bathroom. And what it does is it allows you to drain your dirty aquarium water right into the sink and it goes down the sink. And then when you're ready to fill your aquarium with fresh water, you just simply turn the faucet on and the water will add to your aquarium. The fresh water will be placed into your aquarium. Then once your aquarium is full... With the fresh water, you can add your dechlorinator. So, basically, you have a very simple way of adding fresh, room-temperature water in the same temperature of your aquarium uh, with the new water into your tank. So, that's pretty cool. However, the downside is that the python can only be used for freshwater fish keepers. Us saltwater fish keepers will never have the opportunity to experience a python unless they make one that can... uh, can uh, can do something with salt water that I'm not sure of. All right, moving on to our next topic. I'm going to compare bare-bottom aquariums versus substrate aquariums. And substrates can range from crushed coral, sand, and gravel. An aquarium that is easy to clean and very easy to care for is the dream of most aquarists. Bare-bottom tanks with win this category easy because bare-bottom tanks are easy to clean and they're easy to care for. Ever wrestle with starting to siphon on a gravel vacuum than having it clogged up repeatedly with gravel or sand when you are cleaning? With a bare-bottom tank, a gravel vacuum isn't needed. You can just use tubing to vacuum up any waste sitting on the bottom of the aquarium, and water pumps or powerheads can be easily used to circulate the water underneath and behind the rock work more efficiently. It can be a lot easier to scrub algae off of the glass bottom and sides without having to worry about missing some at the gravel line or getting bits of sand stuck in your scrubber as well. For tanks like reef aquariums with lots of rock work, debris and detritus can get stuck under the rocks or in the back where your vacuum can't reach it as well, causing nitrate levels and algae blooms to increase. While not as vital in, say, a freshwater community tank, nitrate and algae can spell doom and headaches in a reef aquarium. Aesthetics and natural environments. I have to give this one to substrate. Surprisingly, flat panes of glass or acrylics just aren't found at the bottom of the environments in the wild. Natural environments have sand or mud or pebbles or some other natural material. Besides, just plain looking more natural, some animals also need this substrate to live normal life. Some fish and snails bury themselves in it or find their food in it. Timid animals need to hide or camouflage themselves and in some specialized ecosystems the substrate plays a vital role in the water chemistry. Most live aquarium plants won't survive without a substrate to root into. However, Having a substrate also provides many more options in changing the look into the aquarium, whether it is a natural uh, substrate or a decorative one. Alright, so now let's talk about aquarium water chemistry. This one is an even draw. Both having substrate or having a bare bottom can negatively and positively affect the water chemistry in an aquarium. Some substrates, like crushed coral, can buffer the pH and hardiness of the water. For a saltwater tank with a target pH around 8.0 to 8.4, this is a good thing. For a tropical tank with a target pH Around neutral, 6.0 to 7.0, maybe not so much. A fluorite substrate for planted freshwater tanks can give the plants some much-needed minerals and nutrients through their roots that a bare bottom tank can't give them. As much as this exchange happens, any waste that can get trapped in the substrate can hurt the tank. If waste becomes trapped... It will de- decompose and increase nitrate, phosphates, ammonia, and other negative levels which can lead to fish illness and algae blooms. As we mentioned before, this waste is much easier to get rid of in a bare-bottom aquarium. Unexpected new arrivals like bristle worms can be the ban of a saltwater aquarist existence and tiny little nuisance snails or flatworms can harass a freshwater aquarist to tears. Most of these critters live or reproduce to some extent within the substrate, and getting rid of the substrate to go bare bottom will help get rid of them. Unfortunately, it will also get rid of the good critters like copepods and amphipods that fish like the mandarin dragonette eat that can provide a natural food source to some of the pickiest fish and inverts. If you are making your choice to go bare bottom to get rid of the new thin critters, weigh the needs of the rest of your tank carefully to see if they could do without the good to get rid of the bad. So here's the bare bottom line. Choosing whether to add substrate to your aquarium or stick with the bear tank ultimately rests on you. Most aquariums will survive either way, but one choice may be may, may, uh, one choice may be more successful than others. Stocking these tanks is determined by the needs of the fish and the care that they need. Generally, coral-only reef tanks can go bare, planted freshwater tanks can't. Freshwater fish-only tanks might not need it, but saltwater fish-only tanks or fish-only with live rock will do better with it. And that is the discussion on uh, bare bottom versus substrate. And now on to my last topic for tonight's show, and that is how to upgrade to a larger aquarium the same day and put your fish into the larger aquarium. And I'm going to be using this in June when I upgrade my saltwater tank to a 125-gallon saltwater tank. Because currently, right now, I have um, a 55-gallon saltwater tank and I'm moving all my fish into a 75-gallon aquarium. So basically, what you want to do is you want to drain all of the water from your previous aquarium. Drain it all and save it. Do not discard the water from your old tank. What what you're first going to want to do is net all your fish out, put them in a bucket, and put an air pump in there to keep them oxygenated. Then you're going to want to remove all of your aquarium water, and you're going to put all of that aquarium water that's from your old tank into your larger tank. Then you're just going to simply fill the the larger tank with new water just until it's filled to the top. So basically it's like a big water change. Now you're going to add your established filter media with your established filter with all that beneficial bacteria onto your tank. And then... You're going to turn your filters on, add all your equipment and all your substrate into the aquarium. And I really recommend adding uh, some prime to the aquarium because a mini cycle might happen, um, but it will not be very dangerous to your fish. It will be a very, very small cycle. And then once you have your tank set up, you can go ahead and um, add your fish. And make sure your monitor is Make sure there's no aggression because they're in a bigger tank. And make sure that everyone is getting along. And that, my friends, is how you can safely upgrade your fish to a larger aquarium. And it's going to be a very, very fun experience for me and you. Trust me. All right. This has been a really fun Wednesday night episode of the Aquatic Wetline. I've had a lot of fun. We're going to get ready to wrap up the show, but before we go, I've got a couple of announcements and things coming up right after this. Aquatic Wetline is brought to you by YourFishStuff.com. YourFishStuff.com provides hobbyists with quality homemade fish food and aquarium supplies. The Your Fish Stuff Difference. Buy direct and save. Buy direct from Your Fish Stuff. No middleman, no food masses produced by large corporations. No food sitting around in warehouses. Just fresh, healthy food from Your Fish Stuff to you. Quality ingredients like fish meal, shrimp, squid, kelp, spirulina, and Corella allergy doesn't cloud water and all of their fish food is made fresh crafted in small batches hobbyists owned and operated and all of their fish food is made right here in the good old u.s of a so check out yourfishstuff.com for quality fish food and aquarium equipment such as nets filters medications and more. That's www.yourfishstuff.com, a proud sponsor of Aquatic Wetline. Alright, fish keepers, it's with great pleasure and an honor of mine that I'm able to talk about tropical fish and water changes with you guys here tonight. I had a lot of fun, and I hope that you enjoyed the show, and are going to leave today's show with a lot of information, and some good facts, on, and, and knowledge on water changes. Now, before I end today's show, I've got a few reminders that I'd like to remind you about. Remember, April 15th is going to be Aquatic Wetline, Aquatic Trivia Game, at 9 p.m. Eastern, and I have four Confirmed contestants. I need four more, four more. So if four people would email aquaticwetline at outlook with their name, their location, their favorite fish, and the fish they keep, and in the title put AW trivia, and send the email, you will be the you'll be one of the eight contestants to be on the show. So. I need four more contestants. All you've got to do is email aquaticwetline at outlook.com. And in the title, put AW Trivia. And then include your name, your location, the type of fish you are keeping, and your favorite fish. Simple as that, folks. Please take two minutes out of your day and send an email. And you'll be a competitor on the very first ever Aquatic Wetline Trivia Game. And you'll have a chance to win two prizes. So go try, and go sign up, and I can't wait to have you on Aquatic Wetline Trivia Game. Um, well, we all know that next weekend is Mania Weekend. WrestleMania 33 takes place next Sunday for all the wrestling fans out there, like myself. Uh, if you're not a wrestling fan, and you don't have to listen to me talk about uh, WrestleMania, but it's also going to be a mania for the Fish Keepers, because next Saturday, April 1st, 2016, live at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, I'm going to host Aquatic Wetline Fish Mania, where I'm going to have a special guest, and some special topics. I'll have more information on Aquatic Wetline Fish Media on Friday. So join me on Friday's episode to find out some more information on Aquatic Wetline Fish Media. With that being said, I would like to thank everybody for tuning into today's show. I hope you enjoyed our show. And remember, you can check us out anytime on Blog Talk Radio by going to blogtalkradio.com forward slash aquaticwetline, and you can listen to any one of our archived episodes by clicking the links on my Blog Talk Radio page. You can also listen to my archives on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Blueberry, and TuneIn Radio. And also, check us out on Facebook, Aquatic Wetline. Um, I just recently created an account under Aquatic Wetline. And you can see um, when I'm going to be on air, some fish facts, fish photos, and much more. And basically just do a Google search of Aquatic Wetline, and you'll find all of our social media sites. I want to thank you for tuning into the show today. Remember, enjoy the aquarium hobby. And I'll see you next time here on Aquatic Wetline. This is the Aquatic Wetline, a tropical fishkeeping podcast hosted by a fish keeper for a fish keeper. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. Aqua Alex is out of here. Tank on, and have a nice day.
2: Are you ready for some history to be created?
0: Aquatic Wetline creates history once again by being the first tropical fish keeping podcast that will pay respect to the fish hobbyists and passionate fish experts and fish breeders who paved the way for fish keepers like you and me who have the chance to keep our awesome tropical fish. Aquatic Wetline is proud to announce that it will be hosting a show called Fish Keeping Hall of Fame where fish keepers, breeders, experts, fish store owners and passionate fish lovers will be honored and inducted to the Aquatic Wetline. It all starts live this coming Sunday, March 26, 2017. On March 26, 2017 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific quarry catfish breeder and lover Lynn Matney will take her rightful place in the aquatic wetland. Longtime friend of hers Rebecca Withrow of over 20 years will be inducting Lynn into the Awe Hall of Fame. Find out how Lynn got into quarries and much more on this fun show. Tune into the very first Aquatic Wetline Hall of Fame live Sunday, March 26, 2017 at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific right here on Aquatic
2: Wetline. All can be found at blogtalkradio.com forward slash wetline. Aquatic
1: Wetline is looking for our first eight contestants for Aquatic Wetline's Aquatic Trivia Fish Game. Do you want to be a part of the first Fishkeeping Trivia Game? It's simple. The first eight fishkeepers to send an email to aquaticwetline at outlook.com with the title AW Trivia will be the contestants. In your email, please describe yourself, your fish tanks, and your favorite fish and the career and location you live. You will have to be available on April 15th from 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Mountain, and 6 p.m. Pacific. And you will be on the show for an hour to two hours. So, would you like to be on the very first Aquatic Wetland and Aquatic Trivia game? where the first prize is sponsored by YourFishStuff.com, and the second prize is sponsored by Aquatic Wetline and Aqua Alex. So, there's a chance you can win a prize. So make sure you email AquaticWetline at and become one of the eight contestants.
0: This episode of the Aquatic Wetline has concluded. Aqua Alex thanks you for listening to his show. Please check out Aquatic Wetline Fishkeeping Podcast on Facebook and hit like for tropical fish facts and more. Feel free to reach Aqua Alex at Outlook.com with any tropical fish questions. Your questions may make the show. Good night.